Hi everyone, thank you for joining me on another episode of Get Into It with Kila. Today I had the privilege of interviewing a good friend, Danielle Zarnest, and you'll hear the interview unravel as we talk about it. Um, but Danielle's just a good friend, a very good friend, and we share a lot of common interests, and she sort of hopped on the intuitive eating bandwagon, and we just have so much to discuss. And I always tell this to clients and followers that you will need support along this journey. You will get pushback. You will probably have people in your life who think you're crazy for not wanting to lose weight or not pursuing weight loss or not actively pursuing weight loss or not being on a diet or not engaging in diet culture behaviors or diet culture conversations. So this one was a long, um, long one in the making. I haven't put out a podcast in a while. You might have noticed. Um, Today is May... 16th, I think, Monday, May 16th, and I am, God willing, due in about two and a half weeks to give birth, so things have slowed down here at Get Into It With Gila, Uh, but I'm still here, I'm still showing up, I'm still checking my DMs on Instagram and my emails and still onboarding new clients, and it's been great. It's just been hard to show up on the podcast and Instagram as much as I would have liked to, but that's okay. Different times call for different amounts of content creation, right? Lots of grace and understanding, self-grace and self-compassion. But while I'm on maternity leave, you could still access so many of my things, my podcast. I have a self-paced course now on Teachable that you could access in the show notes. And Without further ado, here's the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I have come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, and today I have my really good friend, Danielle Zarnest. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Gila. Thank you for having me. So much going on. This is so much fun. It's like we're hanging out, just having a date. I have my tea. This is so fun. Awesome. So um, first, let's just start. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where do you live and what do you do? I'm 29 years old. I live in Cedarhurst in the five towns. I'm a CPA. I'm also a mom of three kids. And uh, yeah, I'm just busy with all good things. Busy, busy, busy. You're very busy. Um, Okay, great. So I wanted to bring you on to the podcast because we, first of all, okay, we're good friends, uh, but we talk a lot about, like, we have a lot of similar interests. Like you're a podcast listener. You've done the intuitive eating course. I have to say something. You, I've never listened to a podcast until I heard your podcast from the very beginning. I was here from the beginning. And ever since I started listening to your podcast, I became 
I started getting into all these podcasts and I have to say, they all came from yours. Like the, the people that you had on are the people I started listening to. So I really got a lot, got connected to a lot of different podcasts and people and ideas from starting from here. This was the first one I ever listened to. So you weren't like a podcast listener. It wasn't like your thing. Never. No, I never listened to podcasts. Maybe Shears on Tori Time, music. Not know like what they were or like, or like, cause I didn't know either. Yeah, I didn't really know what they were. And um, I don't know, maybe also it's a newer thing. Have they been around for a long time? I think they, well, I heard about them like, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, but they weren't big then. Now they're like huge. Like they're like every, it's funny that we're talking about this, but like I was listening to, a, I, I listened to this book called um, Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. I wonder if you would like him. He's really interesting, but he talks a lot about like business. And he, I read his book, for sure before Corona. And he said like, podcast is going to be the next, if you're like looking for marketing, use podcasting. He's like brilliant in terms of business. And cause he was just saying like, everybody's like, everyone wants to listen while they're driving, while they're doing other things, you know, things you could do. You could listen while you do other things. You can't really like watch, you know? Well, that's what I love about it. Cause I, I'm an accountant and I work in the city and sometimes I'm doing a, a task that it's, I don't want to say it's mindless, I'm busy, but it's something that I don't have to hundred percent, like think that much. So I'm able to listen to podcasts and to work and listen. And it's like a comfort for me. It's like a companion in my day having the podcast. Outside of the house. I used to listen to probably like five or six podcasts a day, just like while I was working, I just, you know, had it in my ears. Wow. And I have to tell you the first time I heard your podcast, it was like right when COVID started and you posted in our chat, the Gino chat and uh, you like you introduced the podcast. So I said, Oh, let me listen to this. And I was walking on the boardwalk by myself and I was like thinking, this is so cool to listen to this. Like listening, you're like talking to me and I'm on the boardwalk. And like it just led it to a good start, everything. Funny when I tell clients now about like podcasts and they're like, I never listen to podcasts. I'm like, you don't listen to podcasts like my whole life is like all the things I learn about life are like from podcasts, you know. Right, for sure. Not anything from a podcast. Okay, so we we first met well we went years ago when you were when we were in queen's college yeah i came to your wedding <laughs> came to my wedding right and you grew up going to hafter you grew up here right you, that's you're from northwood mirror my friend yeah. at my friend's house we went to Shear together yeah. so what what like what led you on your path of like i guess like you changed a lot from going to hafter to like where you are now so what yes. where did that journey yes. So I'll tell you, I started out, I was in Hafter. I had, I love Hafter. I had the best time there, the best teachers, the best friends. Thank God I'm still in touch with like my teachers and friends. And when I was in 12th grade, I wanted to, it was time, you know, to, I spoke with my teacher, Mrs. Green, who's I'm still very close with, and she's a mentor of mine. She was the Israel guidance counselor. So we sat in her office and I said to her, like, she said, oh, so Danielle, where are you going to go next year? Do you want to go to Israel? I said, yeah, I want to go to Bar-Ilan. I think it will be great for me. And she looked at me and said, no, no, no bar you shouldn't go to Bar-Ilan. Like, I think you would love Madrash Moriah. That would be a good seminary for you. Because truth is, I always like, really loved my Torah classes. I used to have my friends come over and I would like, tell them my notes. And um, so she told me, okay. I'm the, so I said, okay, I trust you if you think it will be a good fit for me. And I had a relationship with her. I would spend Shabbos with her talk with her so I went I said okay I'll go to Madrash Moria and then um I actually before it was Shavuos time I went to Gateways for a Shavuos program for a cousin's bar mitzvah and I actually um I heard Rabbi Wallerstein 
speak for the first time. And he told this story about a girl at a rally and it really just impacted me. And I said to myself, like, wow, like it was the first time I looked at Torah as something that wasn't just like a class you take. I never thought of Torah as something like that you could live in your life and that it's your, your everyday life and to internalize it. And then, so I, and I, I heard that class and it's emotional because the other day, you know, he passed away from Arstina and I saw a message on Torah anytime. It, it came to me that, that, um, that little story that he told that, that really impacted me. I haven't heard the story since I was a 17 year old girl and I heard the story and like, I, I was like, this is like, this story really like affected me, you know? And before Very I went crazy. to seminary, yeah, and before I went to seminary, I have to tell you, I was going from here to Brooklyn to Ornava with my mom's friend and we would go to listen to Rabbi Wallerstein. This was, you know, I was doing all my, you know, things and after my whatever, I'm not as religious as I was. And I, but I just remember loving to listen to Rabbi Wallerstein. And then I went to seminary and it's so crazy that you just said that because I didn't know that and like I also like I went to Ornava a lot and heard Rebel Orstein speak you know hundreds of times well maybe for the introduction of the podcast we could put that clip you know so people can hear it it's really a story and I like he's changed my life also you know and like just so appropriate for he just passed away so sad so so you went to Israel and then um, I don't really know your story after that. Like you, you came home. I know you got like engaged pretty quickly after. Yeah. Well, um, what were you looking for? Like, what was your, yeah, well, first I want to tell you, so I went to Israel and I had plans. I was going to go to the, when I was in college, I applied to university of Miami, university of Albany. I ended up saying, I'm going to go to university of Albany and midway through Israel, when I started becoming a little more religious, I was speaking to my rabbi and he said, no, don't go to Albany, go to Queens College. And I ended up, that's how I ended up in Queens College. And um, yeah, then I started about a year, a year and a half after like starting college, I met my husband, Moshe, which is a yeah, big bracha. And, and he was thought nice. What'd you say? He didn't grow up religious at all, right? No, no, he, um, he didn't grow up religious at all. He went to public school. And he actually lost both of his parents at a young age. And I think that's what kind of uh, had him become like, it was like the impetus for him seeking religion. And then he went to Israel for five years. And um, we met when he came back from Israel, actually, a few months after. Were you the first girl that he dated, like once you were already, once he was already religious or no? I think I was like the third girl he went out with. And he was like the fourth guy I went out with, fourth or fifth. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to ask you about you went oh so how were you how did your parents take it that like you don't want to go to like University of Albany? Like do they care? Or yeah, no, I think they really um they were really receptive. They understood uh, you know, I really wanted to go to Israel second year. I remember crying to my parents on the phone and they were they they said no no, like you could they said you could go if you could pay for it. Right, right. I don't no, blame them. No, I don't blame them. Now that I'm a mom and I see what schools cost. You know, I, I'm so grateful they sent me for one year. So you wanted to go back Shana Bet, like Madrasha Moria? I wanted to go Shana Bet, Madrasha Moria. My parents were so kind and they compromised with me. They said I have to come back for college in the fall, but they said I could stay in Israel through the summer and I could go to Hebrew University and take an Alpine class. So I actually stayed in, stayed in Israel through August and I stayed at Hebrew University. That's so nice. That's so much fun. It's really so you, great. You went to Queens College, then you, a year and a half later you got married. Yeah, a year and a half I got married and 
I didn't really know what I wanted to do for a job. You know, it's very hard. You go to school, you don't, you're not working. How do you know what you want to do when you're older? So I had my two good friends and they said, oh, we're taking accounting classes, Danielle, come take it with us. So I said, okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, some of the, one of my friends even, she's not even an account, she's not, she doesn't practice accounting. She's the one that got me into accounting just so I could take classes with her. Really, really funny. Yeah, it is. It is very tricky when you go to college and you don't like know what you want to do. It's like a whole new world. Oh, totally. And, you know, so my friends did accounting and then my father, my mom and dad, when I mentioned accounting, they thought, oh, that my dad specifically said, oh, that's great. I could see you doing well as an accountant. It's a really good job. So I said, you know, okay, why don't I go? And I, I like the classes. I did. I enjoyed my professors and my classes. Talk a lot about like self-development and like, I guess a lot about intuitive eating, but like basically, um, so, okay, we knew each other in college a little bit, but then like we kind of reconnected and I just, I always talk about this on the podcast. I feel like you probably heard me say it, but like we have this girl's night out chat, GNL. Yeah. So, and we'll have to bring her on the podcast. She started it. And it's like, it's very cute because my whole like love for self-care, you know, like, but basically for those of you who don't know who, who, or who haven't heard me say, she started this WhatsApp chat that's called GNL. And once a month we all get together and it's like, I would say it's like a mix of all different people from the five towns for community, which I love. And that's probably how we like reconnected, right? Like a few years ago. I think so. I came to you, you did um, the meal planning and smoothie making events. Yeah. Yeah. And I came to your house. And then we started talking a lot about like, let's say intuitive eating, self-development. Like we have like these DMCs about it, right? So, like, sure. what, let's start. Let's start with the intuitive eating part. Like, what drew you to intuitive eating? That was like, I know it's changed your life. Like, I know it's a big part of your life. We talk about it a lot, but like, where where did that journey start? Like, I know you listen to the podcast, but like, there's so much more to that story, right? So, so I'll just give you a background with like my relationship with food a little bit. You know, growing up, I remember, you know, being very involved with diet culture. In ninth grade, my first time going, it was my first time going on a diet. I remember it was like a bonding experience with my father. Every morning we would go running together and it was actually really nice. We'd go running, we would do like crunches in the backyard and um, we would sit and have, I would have my fiber, I would have fiber one cereal and a grapefruit. And that was, and like, I remember throughout high school and seminary, I just had this pattern where I would be very, you know, watching what I eat and I would lose weight and I would feel good and look good. And then once I started to feel and look good, I would like go back to eating and I would gain the weight back plus more. And this was kind of a cycle that was happening for many years. And um, when I first heard about intuitive eating through you, I, I, this was like, I felt, I remember thinking to myself, like, no, I need to lose weight. I don't, this doesn't make sense. And um, I think something that you say sometimes, I think is like, sometimes you plant the seeds, but you don't see the results till later. So this was, you told me this, it was right after I had my daughter Tahila. it was like probably 2017, 2018. I didn't start looking at really believing or um, like implementing intuitive eating until 2020. So it was already two years I heard about it and thought it wasn't for me. And then I guess eventually it just, um, I, you know, I tried one of your classes. I was, remember there was a diet I, I was on for a few weeks and I was losing all this weight, but I said, is this going to be sustainable? And then you said, I tried to speak to you. I said, what do you think? Could I lose the weight in this diet and then do intuitive eating? And um, you said, why don't you take my class? Maybe we'll, you know, enlighten you. And I took that. It was like a five session class a few years ago. And wow, it, um, it really transformed, transformed me. And it's still a journey, of course. 
But like, I really believe intuitive eating is like the MS and it's made me so much happier. So how has, how would you say like, like, I guess I know you said like I planted the seeds or whatever intuitive eating planted the seeds, but at first it wasn't, it wasn't like a given, like when you heard about it, you weren't like, aha, like that, you didn't have that aha moment. It was more like gradual. So like, what about intuitive eating, like spoke to you so much? Like, what do you see? Like, also like we're all raising kids and daughters and, and sons, but like, what, what about it? Like changed your life or what about it? Like do you, when you say it's like the MS, like what's, what are like the core values that you feel are like the most important things? You know, I think it's um, like when you say intuitive eating, like, and you, then sometimes it could be intuitive, intuitive living. And like, I know that this isn't exactly intuitive eating, but like the idea of self-compassion, I feel like it really comes into play with intuitive eating. And I think like I was, oh, I remember when I took your class, one of the things you asked, like, what do you want to get out of this? And I said, I want to have more self-compassion because I, I could be a little hard on myself. And I just think intuitive eating, dieting could be, it, it gives room for that hardness. Like, you know, perfect. You, you, you messed your diet, messed up on the diet. It could be, but with, what'd you say? Out of black and white thinking. That's what I mean, right. And with intuitive eating, it's very much like, okay, you ate in a way that didn't feel good for you. This is data. What can we learn about this? This is a learning experience, having self-compassion. And it just felt so good to like speak to myself that way and to, to, to really just look at my patterns with food and my mom and just being kinder to myself. That was definitely, I think, a big, a big thing for me. I, I, so like, I kind of like hear you saying that it's more like intuitive eating gave you like the language, like the in your class, you spoke about the five love languages and you spoke about self-care a lot. A lot of, con- it's not just about food. It was like a whole mind-body, you know, class. So that gave you like a lot of food for thought, I guess, about like. Yeah, after your class, after that class, I started taking the class and reading a book on self-compassion. I read the five love languages. I, um, you I'm know, there's student, pro- Danielle. I know there's so many books. I got the intuitive eating journal. I got, I, um, you know, I just. I think, and also from your podcast, like you had Faggy Pollock on your podcast. I took her class. You had Rena Riser. I took her class. So it's just like a, you brought like a whole new way of thinking for me. It's EFT. You know, you're the one that taught me it, and now I've been doing it, and it's it's, it's so helpful. Oh, I want to hear about that because I know we tried. So, so side note, we did me, you, and Ellie Shava, Ellie Shava who also has to come on the podcast. Um, we did like the support group, right? Like we were doing a support group once a week. Intuitive eating sort of. Rebecca Kessler also. We were doing like, you know, intuitive eating, but also just sort of like hanging out. And I taught, I told you guys about EFT and how like it changed my life and the tapping, which I've had, right. I had Peggy Pollock on and we did that. So whoever wants to go back to those episodes, um, I had her on twice. So we did that like in real time, but you, you didn't feel it. So what changed? No, I realized I, I can't do it in front of people, or maybe I could eventually, but you know, you were telling me what to say. I was doing it in front of you, I, I, which I, I had to do it in my room alone. And then when I tried it alone, it was much better. A release, or did you feel a sense of like, what did you feel when you did it? Anyway, I was having a really hard, hard time, like with, um, I was, I don't know if I'm sure any people that have kids can relate to bedtime being such a hard time with kids. And for me, it is, it's definitely one of the hardest times trying to be patient and not snap, and be compassionate to them, be compassionate to myself. And I just behaved in a way that I was really not proud of. And I went into my room. We've all been I, there. We've all been there. All been there. And I came into my room and I was just feeling so sad and down and 
I was trying, I, I, I know all the right thoughts to tell myself cognitively, you know, trying to tell myself self-compassion, you're doing a good job, you, you know, you tried your best, you're going to apologize to them tomorrow, like all these things, but nothing was really working. And I tried the tapping because I watched a video of it from something else earlier that day. And I was trying it and I just found that I was able to get out of my head and it was a whole different approach. And I started like crying and the, it was like for 10 minutes I did it. And afterwards I felt, huh, cause like I'm the kind of person I'll feel, I have a bit like an emotion that's negative or I'm sorry, like an uncomfortable emotion, which is normal, but like it will linger. And sometimes I feel like it lingers for so long. And it's like, it's just uncomfortable. You know, you want it to move along. So the, the EFT kind of like helped diffuse the situation. And now it's like my new, my new tool that I have that I'm going to try more. And in general, like we were talking about before planting seeds, like we definitely talked about EFT, like, I don't know, two, three years ago, and it wasn't something that resonated, but and now, now it is. it's an important lesson, like in general, um, to quote Perla Bromowitz, one of my favorite people, like I took her self-parenting course and she has all these different tools like EFT and non-dominant writing and whatever, lots of different things. And she says like at different points in your life, this tool will help at different point, you know, like this, this scenario with kids or whatever. Um, it's important for people to know that with the same with intuitive eating, like some people, I say like, you just might not be ready for it. Like, it just it sounds too radical for you, or you're just too obsessed with the weight loss thing. And I'm not going to change that, you know, and I don't need, to, I, I'm very like, I don't need to change that. Like you do you and I'll do me, you know, like that, but, but we've had that conversation too. Like if you don't mind me challenging you a tiny bit, cause I didn't tell you I was going to say this, but like, okay. you know, we've had this conversation a lot. Like not most of the people in our lives don't believe in intuitive eating. Most of the people in most people's lives don't like, I know clients really struggle with that and people might challenge you or say things um, about intuitive eating. Like, how do you, how, how do you feel is like the best way that you navigate that? Um, I think that it's, um, you know, it's definitely hard. There are certain moments where I find myself uh, being tempted, you know, like, oh, am I, am I doing the right thing? You know, doubting myself. But I, I just take a moment and like, kind of like realize, no, like, the, the, like my old way didn't serve me. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I talk to, I I'll talk to somebody and, you know, I love what you said about in the Pesach podcast, how like something about when you you know you gave a podcast before Pesach, how even over Pesach you might you may find yourself in situations where you're not eating in the way you're trying to eat because maybe you're around certain people, and I'll I'll experience that where like certain times I'm with certain people and I find myself getting self conscious about certain things or oh that are they thinking that I'm eating this, but like you know it happens but I think I just you get past it you know it's like okay to have those moments it's not all black and white that's that's really what it is. It really comes back to like, I guess, like the self-compassion piece, like this is me, that's you and I can feel this way and you can feel that way. And like, or like a boundary, like a boundary thing, like we've spoken about before a lot. Like if somebody, if somebody brings up like, you know, like, okay. So example, Danielle and I go to the gym together on Fridays. Well, now, now my gym membership's on hold because I'm due soon. <laughs> I'll be back soon. Breakfast, yeah, I was still go for breakfast and then we go for breakfast. And I know you said like some people will say like, oh, that's so that's such a waste. Like you go to the gym and right. then you go out to the Geffen, which is our favorite place or like Patisse, you know, but it's like, and the donuts. what? Our duck and donuts. Donuts. <laughs> we tried that one. Uh, it wasn't our favorite place, but, you know, it's cheap. So we're always balancing those two things. Um, but like, like, I remember you saying, like, sometimes I'll engage, sometimes I won't engage. Like sometimes 
like you'll engage in that conversation of intuitive eating or some people you're just like it's not worth it they're not going to get it it's probably well, that like- took time for me you know i'm the kind of person when i'm passionate about something it like consumes me and when it's someone i'm close with it's like i need to share my passion with them otherwise i feel like i'm not being authentic so i i feel like when i started with intuitive eating i started being all excited and certain friends i was telling them about it and not that they knocked it but like they maybe they questioned it maybe they didn't seem as excited and i was a little bit like dejected like oh why are they not excited this is like amazing what i just discovered <laughs> like it took me time to realize like everybody has to do what's right for them there's you know there's really no right or wrong way you know it's what's right for you and like i i feel like i've stopped telling people so much because it's sometimes just not it's like draining you know to like have a conversation about it with someone that may not be there or appreciate it for like listeners and clients to hear because like I know Christy Harrison talks about this in her book anti-diet like when she was a lot of people go from that like pendulum swing of like being like stuck in diet culture then learning about intuitive eating and then being like very very black and white about intuitive eating and like wanting to tell everyone and wanting to convince everyone and yes it's at first it's exciting and then it's just draining like why don't they get it why are they still asking me like me why are they still asking me for a weight loss plan when I told you know like they don't get it they they, they don't get it that's why you know right so it makes sense. So the other thing, like I just wanted to mention briefly, or we could talk about however, however, at whatever length it works. I know it's late and I know you work and you're tired, but I'm tired. Uh, but we t- have so many conversations about like self-development and like an example of like always wondering about like, let's say like financial, this is like a big one for me now. And Ritesh, I'm going to be talking about it a little bit on the podcast when I, when I could get around to it, but like financially, like wanting to be like financially, um, responsible, but also like, you know, self-care and like knowing our needs, like, and we talk about these things all the time, like that, like self-development and like trying to better ourselves. And I th- feel like that's like something that you're like really passionate about and like naturally drawn to, like, were you always like that? Like, do you feel like that's like a calling of yours or do you feel like one thing led to the other? Like, what, what does that look like in your life? You know, I'm sure I always had this drive of personal development. I wanted to grow I think when I went to seminary, it definitely really came out. And uh, yeah, like intuitive eating is just a big, a big part of that because I've, I've learned, I think it also started with intuitive eating, but now I've learned to look at the world as like, you know, something happens that's uncomfortable. Something bad happens, you know, Hashem's giving me like a small Nisayon, like what's like something teeny, you know, thank God something teeny, but like, what am I, what am I going to learn from this? What is this here to teach me? Or like, if I have a, an emotion that's um, negative, this is amazing. I'm so, like, I get like a little excited, like when I have a negative emotion, because it's like, ah, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to get more awareness. I'm going to be able to grow from this. Like, that's the only way we grow in life. It's if we're uncomfortable. You know, just yesterday, there was something that came up that I was struggling with. And I said, I'm going to, this is a new area that Hashem is really testing me in. And like, I'm like, okay, it's hard for me, but like, I'm ex- like, in a way, I'm excited to see like what's going to happen next. And like, just today, something happens on the same topic. And it's like, a, it's like, ah, oh, like another thing to look at. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I feel like that's, I mean, you have such a positive energy. I mean, I love, I love that about you, but I feel like that's like, it's just like a part of who you are like you want to grow and change and better yourself and like any way you can it's like we talked about that a lot also like on our dates on, on our Friday dates like you might not get like fulfillment from your job like you get a paycheck and like it works for you and your family but like like podcasts you know um girls night out events um lots of fun- uh, yeah that you know that took me yeah I was gonna say it took me time I'm an accountant and 
I do, I do enjoy accounting. Like every day when I go to work, I, not every day, but for the most part, I'm happy to go to work. You know, I, I do, I work with great people. I like my job, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's my life's passion, but I've learned to really like accept that because I'm passionate about my life through so many other things. You know, I love personal development and connecting with friends and bringing simple to people and exercising and going out to eat and I like to organize and I like to cook and set a table and be with my family that I could just go on and on. Like there's so much to be happy about in life that like, yeah, and I like, I have a good job. Thank God. I, like, I'm happy with my job, but it, it's okay. You know, that's not my, uh, my life's like mission. Like important for people to, you know, hear because we t- I talk so much about like self-care and finding what fuels you, the love languages. And some people are like, oh, I, you know, like this is just my job. And like, okay, there's a way around that too. Like there's so many other ways to fuel yourself like that could be outside of your job. Like you don't have to be like a victim to your circumstance, you know? No, I think as long as you have like, you're happy, you have vitality or you're, you know, I mean, happy, but you know what I mean? You're like, you're ready for the day and you're feeling like you have meaning inside of you. If it comes from, you know, we have religion. I mean, there's so much meaning for someone that's religious. You can have so much meaning there. That's all you can, if you have that, you're like. (laughs) True. I want to quote Carol again, because she, she says this funny line that like Hashem is so good. Like whenever, like if we're really struggling with something, like, and, and if you messed up, like, let's say like, you're really struggling not to like threaten your kid you know like whatever just an example I'm sure none of us do that but (laughs) anyways so she's like you let's say like you had a situation and you found yourself threatening your kid and then so she's like Hashem loves you so much she's gonna give you the same situation tomorrow (laughs) and it's like such a positive way to look at it though yeah I guess so it is like why is Hashem doing this where you can say wow Hashem loves me he's giving me a chance to work on this muscle to get better right I will say that I, you and I differ because like, I'm so not naturally positive. Like I would be like in the moment, I'm just like, you know how I'm very into like letting, like giving permission to feel their feelings. So like for anyone listening, that's like, I would never be able to do that. That's okay too, to be like, this is really annoying. And now I want to scream into a pillow. That's also fine. But if you are more of like that optimistic person, you could, you know, work on that. I'm like that too. Or you see, like I, I vent to you, I complain and I'm like, I, I, I could also complain but I always have like a positive twist maybe for my complaint maybe that's I, I see I see it with like people in my life that like like I don't know for me like the permission to be like a pessimist because I am whatever a realist whatever you want to call it but you know how we talked about like the book the one of the books I recommend a lot is the Enneagram so I like Mary oh, yeah yeah I read that too, you know also yeah, for me. yeah yeah so what you what are you a five um, no I'm a two with a three wing Four. So fours struggle, like they can struggle with depression. They they carry the weight of the world. When I read that, like it, they're not weird. They're just intense. Like I feel people's emotions like so intensely. And I have to tell you so many of my good friends are fours. I really relate to fours, like something about it. Yeah. That's really funny. No, that, that makes sense. I think that makes sense. I don't remember like the, the numbers who like pairs with who I really don't remember that. I don't know that either. Yeah. I remember, but I say that to clients a lot. Like the more you learn about yourself, like the less, I mean, we should never be judgmental of ourselves, but it just gives you like this clarity. Like, okay, I'm a four. I feel people's, I, I feel sad easily. Right. right? It happens. And like the whole concept of self-compassion, like I just, 
it's part of who you are. You hear a sad story, if it affects you for two weeks, you know, like maybe don't look at the news or let yourself feel sad, whatever the tool is in the moment. But like, I'm just saying that like, there's definitely, I definitely see it with some people that are like, why is that person so positive? Like, uh, like example, my husband's super optimistic, right? So it's a great thing. It's a great trait. But like, sometimes like just today, I was like, what if we, what if we have the baby, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm like, of course you're going to say that because he always says that. Like, that's just his, sometimes I want him to just be like, oh, that would be scary. You know, I hear you, you know, right. ever everyone's like, just to say like people could hear that and it could land on them differently, you know? Yeah. And that everybody has a different demeanor and that's okay. Um, okay, so thanks for joining us, Danielle. Yeah, I, I just want, yeah, I want to say one more thing. I like a thing that really um, that also influenced influenced me with intuitive eating. After you know, I had my second child. I was at a higher weight than I used to be, and for a long time, I I felt, you know, I don't want to shop and buy myself new clothing. I don't want to because because you know, wait till I you know I lose my weight, or I felt like I, I didn't put as much effort in how I looked because I felt that eh, I'm not looking so good this, at this moment. It's okay. One day I'll feel better. But it was like when I started the intuitive eating journey, I started like, you know, going shopping and like buying myself things again, just like basic things, like, you know, fresh tights, fresh clothing. And, and like, I, I used to, as a kid, love getting dressed. I used to love to get dressed. Like my grandma used to tell me, I used to go with her to Florida for when I was like in middle school. And she said, why do you have to change your outfit five times? I would always be in the mirror changing my outfit. I was so into fashion. And then when I, went, you know, came back into intuitive eating, I kind of got back into that sense. And like, I, I, I like to know a place, a lot of nights, not every night, but a lot of nights I go to bed and I think like, I'm excited to like get dressed tomorrow. Like, what am I going to wear? And like, so like for a while I was saying like, I'm not going to buy myself anything new until I look better. But now it's okay. You know, I, I could look good however I am. It helped me with it. I love it. I love it. I love that. And you know, I mean, not that I never struggle with body acceptance. Of course I struggle, you know. Sure. Yes. That's but, part of it. I think just to, just to normalize that people like in larger bodies and people in really small bodies struggle with body image. It's not, it's just part of life. It's part of whatever diet culture, the thin ideal, the beauty industry, like it makes us feel terrible about ourselves, but that's definitely something that I, you know, talk about here a lot on the podcast, like by close, like that's why I had Miriam Marciano on and, and you know her and you worked with her also. I've worked with her. She's great. Yeah, she's great. And like I'm wearing my color, my color palette. Yeah. Always look great. And I think that it's like, it, it is something that people should be like op- more open to and more willing to explore. Like you could shop at any size. And like, I happen to not be so good at fashion, but like you have such a knack for it. Like you have to come back over and do the closet with you again. Yes, please come back. But I, I you know, oh, you're I, wearing that shirt. I remember the shirt. Yes, I'm wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was just thinking, I probably just said this to like one of my clients, but like, like, a lot of the things sometimes I tell people like don't follow follow people on if you, if they're using Instagram follow people on Instagram that are in all different body shapes and sizes so that you have like body diversity in your head you're not just following like the influencers who are a size two of course you're gonna feel like you should be a size two because that's all you're seeing all day right it makes sense follow people in all different shapes and sizes and like I I, I recently noticed that like Whereas in the beginning of my own intuitive eating journey, my natural inclination was to think that like thinner is prettier, even though it was like a thought that I was challenging. You know what I'm saying? Like I was working on challenging that thought, but I, I always tell clients it's normal that you feel that way because we are all conditioned to feel that way. We have to actively challenge that. But like recently I've been noticing that like, you know, there's a lot of plus size or, or 
um, women in bigger bodies like modeling or showing um, modest fashion, right? There's like brands now that do that. And like, they look awesome. Like, I'm really thinking that, like, they look awesome. They're dressing really nice. You know, they're they're matching their clothes with their body shape or whatever, their color palette. I don't know, because I'm not like so good at fashion, but I'm just like, they really look awesome. And like, you could really look awesome in any size, you know? Yeah, I mean, I go to the gym and I have to say, I got, it's a newer lens, but when I look around at the gym and I see people in all body shapes, I really look and think like, these people, everybody's beautiful, like thinner, a little bigger, like everybody's a little, it's beautiful. It's like, you know, we're all able to move our body. We're at the gym. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. I have to say also like, like before I put my gym membership on freeze, like, you know, like I was, I'm a big like exercise advocate and I think it's so good for you. And like so many people think like, it's only good for me if I lose weight or if I manipulate my body. And like, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but like movement's good for you no matter what and it's, it never made me lose weight but like it makes you feel strong and empowered and it's fun music's fun and like there's just so many positive things to it like it's so it's so nice I love it it's true yeah. that's like intuitive eating it's like I focus on my behaviors you know what I mean like more than the outcomes it's like the behavior well, right and people will say like because they're too embarrassed to go to the gym because they're not like skinny or they're not in a small body so then they don't go like of course they're not you're not feeling good if you're not moving your body so like it go, it's like that cycle of like cycle and it's hard it's well we love hollywood so if anyone here in the five town wants a gym they'll find us there <laughs> okay yes and i love my i want to say i got my dance classes so. people love that and i've heard only good things about fit so well great We'll just have to advocate for them here. Um, but thank you so much for coming on, Danielle. This is so much fun. And so fun to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored that you wanted to interview me. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for being um, not only a guest, but like an avid listener. And I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You too. Okay, bye. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.